0: good morning sack city thanks for following wherever you download your podcast you want to see what this city has to offer join us live on youtube every wednesday through friday at 10 a.m eastern and don't forget to hit that subscribe button for the best nfl content on the interwebs Sac city baby
1: City, welcome into another episode of the Sack City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinnie Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukesiah Mukes, and below us we have your boy, everybody's boy. He is AJ Johnson. It is a beautiful August 11th morning here in the city. Episode 65 is about to kick off. And, gentlemen, I normally ask you guys how you're doing in the mornings, but honestly, I am just going to start off by saying I am doing a thousand times better this morning now that I've been battling COVID. Sunday tested positive. He got the vid. I got the Rona. <laughs> I still am testing positive, but I'm feeling better. And I was like, the intro is playing, and I'm thinking to myself, man, like, I'm feeling good. And if you guys uh, were able to catch our fantasy show yesterday morning, if you didn't, go check it out on YouTube right now. Uh, It was like, it was a tough start. It it was very, like, frustrated, like, there was a lot of tempers flaring, and it was a little tough start. But this morning, I'm like feeling it. I'm seeing the intro, feeling myself, feeling everybody in this room right now. It's it's gonna be a great show. It is going to be a great show. It is going to be a great show. We're back into talking about preseason uh, football. We're back into talking season previews. Lots to talk about. And I'm not going to be a dick. AJ, how are you doing this morning?
0: Doing quite all right. Doing quite all right. Ready to head to the weekend. Uh, it's right around the corner. So excited. Need some time off handle some business, uh, get work out the mindset. Even though they're probably going to make me go ahead and do more work, but it's okay. You know, it's okay. So uh, the weekend, you know, I pretend like it's a part of time where we don't do work, but honestly <laughs> I'll be just as busy on the weekend as I am during the week. So it is what it is, but I can't wait to get there.
1: <laughs> well, on the bright side tonight starts uh, we- a full slate of preseason yeah. football kicking off of the New York Giants and the New England Patriots and then the, the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens, some preseason action. And uh what let's let's talk, let's talk some preseason football to start the show, gentlemen. A little, pre- little preview, a little prediction time. Giants, Patriots, Aaron, what are you looking forward to in this in this contest between these two teams? Bailey Zappi. That's right. <laughs> not Bailey. No, no, Bailey, not you in the chat. You're not that special.
2: Bailey Zappi, man, I'm excited to see my man. He's been lighting it up in camp. He's been looking good. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's been rumblings in camp about the Patriots' offense and Mac Jones not looking that great. So uh, I'm really excited to see that Bailey Zappi. I had that hot take the other day that we released as a short. Um, So I'm excited to see Bailey Zappi. Outside of that, again, it's the first preseason game. I don't expect many starters to play. I'm not going to jump out of game one and be like, oh, this is what's going to happen. But, you know, first opportunity for guys. I want to see what he does.
1: Yeah, and that was that was a spicy take with the Bailey Zappi thing. And it seems like, and we put it in the caption of that video, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out on our YouTube page. Um, we put in the caption, it's like the most Belichick thing to do. Like It is a Belichick thing to do if he were to just somehow bench Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi during this season. It would not really surprise that many people, but we are going to be able to get a chance to see Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots take the field take on the New York Giants. Let's get some predictions going though. What do we have? Patriots, Giants. We we were we were all three wrong about the about the Jaguars Raiders game last week. So we're looking for some redemption here. AJ, what's your uh what's your prediction and what's the score?
0: It looks like people score a little bit more than we were expecting, even when it's preseason games. But then I say that and I'm like it's the Giants and the Patriots, and uh, I don't have a lot of faith, but <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with the Giants, twenty-four to seventeen. Oh, oh man! Um, I will take the team that is coached by Bill
2: Belichick because usually those guys under the fifth stringers are coached like they're you know really really hard, like Belichick does. So I think they will be more mentally locked in and focused and prepared. I'll take uh, New England, 20, 23 to. 13, and, I, and I, uh, a nugget out of Giants camp as well, which I don't believe we were bringing up here. Um, Daniel Jones was actually benched in practice. Oof, was Not a good look, Bob. Not a good look. Because he wasn't looking very good, and they brought in Tyrod Taylor. And they said it wasn't a big deal. They were just wanted to make a statement that everybody's got to compete for their job or whatever, but getting benched in training camp, you're this is your last chance. Uh, not, a, not a good look, buddy. Not a good
1: look. Not a good look. I, I will also I will go with Patriots here. Uh, I will say this is I'm gonna I'm gonna continue riding the train of me thinking that these games are gonna be low scoring uh, early earlier on. I'm gonna take the Patriots 19, and I'm gonna take the I'm gonna go with the Giants six, 19 to six uh, Patriots over the Giants. The other game is the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Tennessee Titans. AJ, what are you looking out for in this game? Or maybe or you're not looking out for anything. I, I thought he was alive and then he wasn't alive. But Aaron, what are you looking out for in this game? Yeah, um I'm, I'm, I'm Malik Willis. Right. I, I I hope Malik Willis
2: gets some reps. He's gonna need the reps. This is where the first time we're gonna to get to see him on a football field in game action. And I think that's gonna be important. So looking for how he kind of looks, talked about some of his footwork being really raw and still needs a lot of improvement. But this will be his first chance to go up against a team that usually has a stout defense. Um uh, he'll be able to get some live game reps and I'm really kind of looking he does in his reps. And then um, for Baltimore, it's not really about much. A lot of veterans on that team. It's mostly about Malik Willis and how the, the Tennessee Titans are going to move
0: towards their future. AJ, how you doing out there? What, what Aaron said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he, on the, on the Ravens, on the Ravens side, uh, just to see what rookies are really competing. If they're, There's some flashy guys, you know, Ravens is a culture spot, you know, so which of these guys who are fighting for roster spots, uh, like embody that type of culture and and show that on the field so they can stay around for a couple extra weeks. Uh, But other than that, yeah, it's Malik Willis and what their future does look like and how long they're going to be handcuffed to Ryan Tannehill.
1: I, I'm honestly a little bit more, I, not, I don't want to say more interested in, in the Ravens side of things, but I have a, a, a strong interest in the wide receiver position for the Ravens. Obviously we talked about how weak they have been and, and we know Lamar Jackson isn't going to be the guy throwing him them the ball in this pre- preseason game, but I'm very interested to see how, the wide receivers step up. Cause that's what you guys talk about roster spots, things like that. Who's going to step up at the wide receiver position. Who's going to go out there and make these big type of plays because although it is the preseason, these plays are going to matter for these wide receivers who is going to show that this, this coaching staff that they can go out and make those big plays guy, whoever's behind Rashad Bateman is going, is going to need to step up. And that's what I'm, I'm very interested to see aside from the Malik Willis stuff. Cause that is obviously that's, that's the big time, the big time get here in this game. Uh, give me the Ravens here. Or you know what? This seems like a Titans win. Give me the Titans here. 27-20. 27-20 Titans. Wow. High scoring in that one. You
2: went away from um to me, it's this is easy. Um Baltimore's three quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, and Brett Huntley, um, who have played. Been around. Um, I trust that they're going to have more NFL experience. and started games. Um, I, let me let me go with uh, Baltimore. I'll say
0: twenty-four to thirteen. AJ, I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to go with Vinny and take the Titans in a slightly lower scoring game. Uh, lower, not low. <laughs> uh, give me the Titans uh, twenty-three to the Ravens.
1: 14 I'm, I'm honestly I'm just trying to 17 17 <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to give the Titans the I'm just trying to give them some wins because I know during the regular season I'm not oh going to be giving God. them the wins and Titans I mean, fans are going to be just coming at me I, mean, I, I imagine Tannehill doesn't play
2: which means no. Woodside or Woodyard or whatever his name is Logan Woodside is going to be the Logan starter Woodside, yep. and then Malik Willis is going to come in I I, I just I saw Huntley last year. I saw Huntley last year come in hey, and can- look like look like a real player. Yeah, and
0: yeah.
2: then you bring in a guy I'm again. I'm not saying he, he's special cool. by any means, but there's a lot more NFL um experience with Brett Huntley and Tyler. How much do you how much do you
1: I don't want to say like obviously uh Tyler Huntley is a backup and like he will be behind Lamar Jackson, but how much of him do you see in this game though? Like, you know, no, you, you know, Lamar Jackson's been banged. up, has, is coming off of an injury and you saw the way he, it was handled last year and you know that Huntley can be a good backup. You don't really need to see him that much. So like, it, and I just popped quarter. in my head, like maybe you give don't a quarter. Maybe, okay. All right. Quarter. Okay. Then you go Brett Huntley for a quarter and a half. And then you bring in um,
2: the the new guy that they got the rookie, uh, Anthony Brown, bring him and, Put him in for the last quarter, quarter and a half and let him play and get some reps. But that doesn't all right. would be my plan All right, all right,
1: all right. We'll see how that how that transpires and we'll have a we'll have a review of those games tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, right here on YouTube. Uh let's get into our morning headlines, gentlemen, and let's stick with the preseason talk here. The Cleveland Browns announced that Deshaun Watson will be starting Friday versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is getting the nod for the Browns after obviously the suspension came of his six game suspension of for all of his off field massage nonsense that was going on. It is being, it has been appealed by the NFL that that process is still going on, but until there is a decision on that, what Deshaun Watson still stays suspended for six games and is allowed to play in this game against the Jaguars. He will be the starter for the Browns. Aaron, what are your thoughts on Deshaun getting his first taste of action this friday against the jags
2: it's what should happen um you're talking about a player that didn't play all of 2021 so this is not a a situation where you have the luxury of saying i'm not going to put my starter out there he needs some game reps uh i don't look for him to play super long but i do expect him to get maybe a couple of series uh maybe the first quarter just to get him back in game situations game shape and and if i'm the browns this is not the time to be like we don't want to get Deshaun watson hurt not this is not the time for that this is a time where you say we need to get him back in the fold, get the playbook you know, going, work some things out with him and make sure he's comfortable when we start taking the field week one, even because, not just because he hasn't played, then he's going to miss another six weeks of, of football, right? So at least. Um, so it's important for him to play. I think he'll play in, almost, in every preseason game a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's good for Cleveland, but I'm not I'm not concerned. I think it's good for him to get out there, get some reps he looks good in camp. He looks like he's in shape. And I really don't have many concerns about Deshaun Watson in the quarterback position outside of this if he's going to be suspended.
1: I or, I was already going to have my eyes glued to this game, obviously, because of being a Jaguars fan. But now it's going to be really entertaining and interesting to see how Deshaun Watson, uh, just, just how it all plays out. It's going to be a good, the broadcast should be good with talking about Watson and the in-depth details about all that. I'm excited for that game. Other headlines with the preseason quarterbacks is Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks has been announced the starter for the team Going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Saturday. AJ, your thoughts on the move to go with Gino to start uh week one of preseason for the Seahawks.
0: This is on par with what I thought would be happening. Um, you know, he's been there for three years. He knows the system. Uh and I, I like I imagine Drew Locke will get some run, but get Geno Smith out there, get the offense comfortable get the guys who are going to be out there for a while comfortable so when drew lock comes in maybe he has the best chance to succeed because his guys are already in the fold and in the speed of the game but geno smith's been there he knows the offense and he's leading the quarterback race in seattle right now so go out there make sure he's the guy in the game situations and you can really start uh really putting this qb battle to the test and seeing who's really going to come out week one and be your guy
1: aj do you think that this is one of those things that you could say okay like this is the, like, whoever starts this week one, is like, we talk about the Mitch Trubisky-Kenny Pickett battle. We talk about the Drew Locke-Geno Smith battle. Do you think who is starting in week one of preseason, like, is a telling sign of maybe who is in the lead of the starting job with the teams?
0: Well, no, I think the telling sign was Pete Carroll coming out and saying that Geno Smith is leading this battle and he's our starter right now. Uh, this is something that I think, like, in past years, you've heard coaches say, We'll make a decision around week three or something like that well now there's only three preseason games so i would imagine going into week two you do want your guy but coming out of the second preseason game i think that's when you hear who they're going to roll with and that's your decision at least through week one because these coaches can do what they need to do now granted you don't want to be changing quarterbacks right after week one that just goes to look bad on you that you made the wrong decision a mere two three weeks ago uh, but I think at the end of season two, you'll hear the locks for these QBs so they can get all the game practice they really need in game three and then gear up and be prepared for week one. The locks at
1: QB? Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. I, I, think,
2: I, wanted to, I wanted to bring up something. I think this is exactly what was going to happen the entire time. Um, I don't think this has anything to do with – I personally don't think it has anything to do with who's winning the quarterback, who's leading. I think this is a respect to Geno Smith. He was there. Get the first shot. I would also venture to guess that Drew Locke starts preseason game number. Because what you want to do in a quarterback sure. battle, you want to see both guys with the starters, right? Or at least somewhat of, of your starting yeah. personnel. And I think if you're neck and neck or you're close, or maybe you're not really sure who you're going with yet, you come out week one, you say, look, Gino's been here. He knows the offense. Put him back there. You have the first opportunity to earn this job. But I do believe in in a situation like this, you're going to see. It wouldn't shock me, I should say, if Drew Locke week two start, and then they make their decision and say, OK, Gino, you get to week three or Drew Locke, you're going week three. And I think that will be the telling tale about who's actually leading this race. But again, I said it the whole time. It's a lot easier to start Gino Smith because once you bench him, you can put him back in, you can bench him again, and he'll be fine. You start Drew Locke week one and week six comes around and you bench Drew Locke. I- I'll say it the end of Drew Locke's career. Oh. end of drew Locke's career oh my he, he will be as a, a starting backup guy as a starting quarterback like he will be a backup guy that goes from team to team looking for an opportunity because he will not be able to handle that because in my, his mind with those skills and that talent he should be a starter if you go start and then you get benched again it's to me it's not going to happen where gino's like i know what i am i've been in the league a long time now i'm a backup quarterback and i might get some chances
1: okay yeah i agree one last bit of news and uh, for, for the morning headlines is Chicago bears linebacker Roquan Smith has requested a trade. This obviously broke just a few days ago, but really it's starting to get a little interesting and maybe you can laugh at this, but yesterday the bears did remove him off the pup list able to return, but he has not shown up to camp. He doesn't, plan on showing up at all. Um, but he has requested a trade and I remember during our Chicago bears trading camp preview, we talked about how important the linebacker or how important players like Roquan Smith are for the development of this team. Now he wants out Aaron, if you're the Chicago bears, are you granting him this trade? Are you doing exactly what the Cleveland Browns are doing and saying, no, we're not getting rid of you.
2: Um, it, Different it's no, we're not getting rid of you, but it's, no, we're not getting rid of you. I'm gonna pay you. This man, this man has been in the top five in tackles uh, over the past two seasons. He is a he is a a staple. He is a standard Chicago Bears linebacker. He's Urlacher, uh, Lance Briggs, Dick Buck You can get all into the the legendary names in Chicago. This is what this man means to that defense. He's produced year in and year out. Uh, I ran a story about him the other day. He's UGA guy he was the first ever georgia guy to win the uh, dick dickbockis award he is a dog on the field and i think the bears need to pay him and we talk about contracts a lot on the show about creation trade what are you doing he came out he penned a letter to fans saying this is why i am requesting the trade he was very transparent as to why he did it and yeah. then to me i respect that like it, i don't need an agent to come out and do it i don't need reports This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's because I feel like the contract they're offering me is not only bad for myself, but it it will also set the linebacker market back being the next, supposedly the next guy up. And I respect that factor in in order to say, you know what, I'm in year four. I'm year four. I played my rookie deal out. I want to get paid now. And to me, again, this is what I respect about players that do it this way. Um, Pay them. They deserve to get paid. They need to pay that man, and if they don't, then somebody else is going to get a hell of a linebacker. And if he decides to hold out, uh, I will support that. That would be his choice uh, because he's outperformed his contract now, and he's up for contract renewal. And it's time for him to get paid. So I, I truly believe that. Uh, it's it's just sad because Chicago. This is not the first time they've done that. They're not big on paying their players
1: i th- I think it's time I think it's time that Chicago lock get locks down the core group of guys there like it's it's time to start your 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 rebuild is on you're trying to move forward with your franchise you got your franchise quarterback now you want to keep your franchise piece on on the defensive side go out and pay the man uh, that does it though for our morning headlines presented by Manscapes Body Wash Daily Shower Gel. Their ultra-premium body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling so fresh and so clean, clean and nice and moisturized. Go get your Manscaped body wash today and use that promo code SACCITY at checkout to save yourself 10 or 20, not even just 10, 20% off at checkout. Plus, free shipping. Let's go on over to the injury report. Not too much news in the injury report, but Aaron, what do you have for us?
2: Yeah, so um, everybody saw the news yesterday. Jakeem Grant, uh, ruptured Achilles, torn Achilles out for the season. I I don't want to make this a huge, oh my God, what are they going to (laughs) do? Jakeem Grant, we know he hasn't been a great receiver, but he is the difference maker in the return game for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Played in Miami, was a good returner there. Uh, It's unfortunate. We never want to see a player go down, uh, especially in training camp, without getting an opportunity coming over from an, uh, an old team to a new team. And they really liked what he was what kind of camp he was having an electric player. They are going to be without him for the remainder of the 2020. So that, that hurts the Cleveland Browns, especially in the return game. And then some other notes, uh, Russell Gage and Ryan Hainsey uh, leave practice early for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think this is one of those teams, right? They're a veteran team. They hate to see guys go down. It's like, man, we're set up to be a super bowl winning team. Both guys go down. Russell Gage was a newcomer coming from Atlanta in the division. We expect big things from him. They don't think it's going to be a big deal with a leg injury. And then with Hainsey, uh, it's one of those situations where you just lost Orion Ryan Jensen. Uh, and, and now you're losing Hainsey, who was the next man up. So carted off from practice, uh, that could be something severe. And then we're talking about where do you go next? The next guys they have is Nick Leverett, Don Mulchon. Who are those guys? We've never heard of them. So, uh, You worry about that center position now in Tampa and what that's actually going to look like. And if anything else, maybe they can figure out a way to patchwork it. Relationship between Tom Brady and his center is going to be an issue. That's a guy that's been in the league for as many years as Tom Brady. He needs to be able to trust the guy that's right in front of him. So um, that that should be an interesting kind of um, thing to look at as we move through the preseason, who can kind of step up and fill that
1: yeah, and and, on, and honestly, I mean, you look at the Russell Gage thing, Russell Gage just, he limped off, he limped off the field, he was able to walk to the locker room under his own will. Hainsey's not, was not in that same boat. He got carted off, and I, that might not be, like, the completely telling side of what it is, if it's serious or not, but, like, yeah, just not good news to the Tampa Buccaneers. Well, fat gonna guys, talk about
2: fat guys, you know, they can't walk, put as much weight on their Right. You know, that <laughs>
1: th- that's why I did have that note there of like, you know, it might not be the completely telling <laughs> sign because he's I like, right. as I was like, ah, oh, he is a bigger guy. Maybe he just doesn't want to be able to, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, but we're talking there, about-
0: there were some, uh, there were some immediate reports afterwards saying that it was another situation of just bad cramping. So uh, he may actually be all right and be back out there in a day or two, but uh, they don't think his is that bad either, but still like, we're talking daily. This is happening. Yeah. So,
1: and and you're going to need that that time with Tom Brady. Like that's the thing. You are going to need that. Mm-hmm. To every day counts uh, for for the center of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are going to talk about the Bucks and their season preview in just a few moments. But first, AJ, please do the world a favor, a big time favor, and tell the people where they can follow us at.
0: Good morning world. What up? Welcome to Sac City. We're so happy to have you rocking with us as you do so often right now every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and probably maybe will be on Sunday. You know where you can find all that noise on Sac City Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. When you head over there, go ahead, hit those likes, hit those loves, and of course, Hit those shares and those subscribes. We need it because we want it, because we want to give you the best content of football on the web. So head over to Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Hashtag GMSC. Can't wait for you to rock in the city.
2: And if you haven't heard, now the Sac City Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. The best bends below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered. Tools for your family, duels, people. Performance Package, the ultimate, ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 6 million worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer. 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code CITY. If my math is correct, that's 12 million balls. And if you don't know about the Performance Package, the 4.0 Performance Package has arrived and it's a game changer. The lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever also included in there you get the weed whacker which is also waterproof you get the the ball deodorant you get the the manscape underwear and you get a little newspaper to read while you're doing the business on the toilet but make sure you go ahead and go to manscape.com get 20 off and free shipping with the code stack city what are you waiting for people
1: unlock your confidence and as always write tools for your jewels Boom. There you go. The Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the two teams we are covering this morning in our season preview. We're starting things off with Aaron's Dallas Cowboys, lots of chatter to get into with the Cowboys. And honestly, guys, I don't, I didn't think about this that much, but I saw when I was doing my research today, so many people down on the Cowboys this year, just because of how much they lost in the offseason, including guys like Randy Gregory and Lyle Collins. So we're going to get into those big losses, but we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. And with you, AJ, what is the biggest weakness when it comes to this Dallas Cowboys offense?
0: You know, uh, the first inclination people have is to point to these wide receivers, uh, but I'm not on the same page. Uh, <laughs> I'm stuck looking at a, Aaron's face there Aaron, and wondering if I sound all right. Uh, so we going to keep going. <laughs> uh, my my thought process here is actually going to be the offensive line. Uh, you know, this is a team now that kind of had some, like you mentioned, he had Layal Collins leave. We finally get to see Tyron Smith last year when he's healthy. Uh, he's one of the best tackles in the league, but I mean, he only played 68 of the last 100 games. So hopefully his health can be okay. Uh, we got a Terrence Steele who came back last week. <laughs> i'm assuming this isn't going well you sound great you sound great you, sound I just, you just can't see you at all ah all right well then i will just continue for the wonderful audio <laughs> listeners uh terrence Steele last year was one of the better little success stories he finally uh came back from being one of those liability type pieces and became somewhat of a you know i won't say success story but a guy who was a, a nice starter the issue that you have now is after you get those guys who've been there for a while, you're talking about a lot of guys who are just young. So, you you know, we were very high on a Tyler Smith that they drafted out of Tulsa, but they may be using him as a left guard. Uh, You can think about Josh ball who may be fighting for that swing position on the tackle side, but there's just, if you want to think about the depth they have, it's all very young, unproven and untested. Uh, And, you know, you can point to the thought process about, I think it was about a week ago, people weren't happy watching a, Dak Prescott get rushed in by the defense over and over and over again. So I'm thinking this offensive line is going to need some work. And if you want to point to where I think the weakness is right now, I'm going to go with that offensive line in Dallas.
1: Every, every oh, and now I'm back. You are every, every <laughs> Dallas Cowboys statement that goes on tonight. I'm going to have to see how Aaron's thoughts are because you are our Dallas Cowboys insider here. What are you? What are your thoughts on AJ's assessment of the weakness of the Dallas Cowboys' offense?
2: I mean, talk about offense, three units, right? Well, you're not looking at the quarterback position. We all know Dak Prescott has been able to put up numbers. We look at Zeke and Tony Pollard and we say that they they're good enough, right? They they've been great over there, you know, over the past couple of seasons. And then you look at the wide receiver position, which AJ kind of alluded to, but this is a team that's never really had that standout wide. Receiver. We we can look at an Amari Cooper who put. You know who put up good numbers, but he was never that one of the top receivers. So I think they find ways within their offensive team to get guys involved to make Michael Gallup useful to C.D. Lamb be that now next breakout guy. So I'm not I'm I'm there with A.J. I think it is the offensive line because that's where the most questions are really at. It's um it's a matter of I, I I'll tell you this, I don't doubt the talent of the Cowboys offense. Their offensive line comes down to two. if Tyron Smith and Zach Martin are healthy, this offensive line will. The offensive line. The problem then comes when you have to start moving guys because Tyron Smith is out. And then you got to figure out, well, who am I going to fill with that void? Am I going to move Terrence Steele back to the left side? Then who goes on the right side? Do I move Tyler Smith in? And then you start losing this cohesiveness. But remember, three of their five starters have now been starters for three years Tyler Beadish, uh, Zach Martin, and, and Tyron Smith. So I think they'll be fine. And then you're looking for a Tyler Smith to come in and grow as the season goes on and gel with that offensive line. um but it, it by default it's the offensive line because they have the most question marks about them um, i i told you before big matt will let's go guy i'm hoping that actually he ends up being our left guard in the future and i hope tyler smith ultimately becomes our right tackle. but that's not the way it's laying out right now but you know we'll kind of see how that plays out but yeah it's, it's the offensive line because they're the most question it's fair
1: it's fair i know they're they're there are some people out there that have the concerns about Ezekiel Elliott and his regret and maybe some regression here. And we've been known, and I'm not going to, we're not going to beat a dead horse. We're not going to continue doing what we've been doing where we're nixing those, those, uh, that narrative of Zeke declining and and going on that path. But it is worth noting that Zeke uh, does obviously does better when the offensive line is there for the Dallas Cowboys. So maybe that has something to do. Maybe there's some, some correlation between those two there. Um, But let's go over to the defensive side. Aaron, they lost, your your Cowboys lost Randy Gregory in the offseason. That's a big blow for their pass rush. Who steps up to replace him?
2: Yeah, this is interesting because uh, I don't know that the Randy Gregory loss is going to be as impactful as people think. Um, By by the way, Randy Gregory doesn't get a lot of credit that he deserves. He's great at creating pressure, even though it never equated to the. Back numbers, but I think by the signing of Anthony Barr, by bringing in guys like Dante Fowler, uh, veteran presence on that defensive side of the ball, again, it makes you be able to use Micah Parsons in so many different ways. And I think being multidimensional, allowing Parsons to play off the ball, rush the passer, play inside, play outside. I think that's going to be the ultimate benefit of how they create pressure. So I, I think it's going to be a team effort. I think this, they're looking for guys, young guys like Sam Williams. Uh, Dante Fowler's of the world who have been in the league for a long time to continue to be able to create pressure on a down and out basis. But ultimately when they want to get to the quarterback, two guys, DeMarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, and there's not too many offensive linemen in this league that can stay in front of those guys one-on-one. And if you double one, usually the other guys getting one-on-one. So um, as far as like staple book in pass rushers, if your team has two elite pass rushers, usually we're talking about you as being one of the best pass rushers. In the league. well, The Cowboys have two elite pass rushers in Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons. So I'm not as concerned about the loss of Randy Gregory. Um, To be honest, I'm more concerned about his loss in the run game and how he sets the edge, what he was able to do in that facet of the game. But I think, again, with the veteran leadership of guys like Dante Fowler and Anthony Barr, I think they can offset that. And I think
0: at the end. How are you how are you feeling, Gregory? Randy Gregory at times just kind of felt like a perk. I mean, we knew what he was capable of and we knew how nice it would be for him to be a part of that Dallas Cowboys rush. But he, you know, always in trouble. He finally got back, got hurt, came back, did play well, and then he's gone. So it was like, hey, it was nice to have him. But he never really, in my opinion, got the foundation of that Dallas Cowboys defense, anyway. So to lose him, sure, of course, a talent that it hurts. But I mean, the Dallas Cowboys onward into the future in that in that aspect. That's why you
2: can't pay him seventy million. I mean, to be honest,
0: like when when he right.
2: when he had the deal with Dallas, I was like, cool, we got him back. But I I felt like we had overpaid a little bit. I thought he was worth a big contract, but not that big. And then I was like, okay, we got him back, cool, whatever. And then when he went to Denver, I'm like. Too mad that we get to save that that seventy million dollars and we can spend that elsewhere. That yeah. It, so again, he's good. He's a, he's a very good football player. Um, probably more impactful, um, for guys that understand X's and O's and what he brings to the table than he does in the stat sheet. He'll be fine in Denver, but it's not a to me. It's not something that's going to break the Cav- Dallas Cowboys. What they did like.
1: One other note on this defensive side, one other question, and we're gonna talk about Trayvon Diggs uh in the uh, when we talk about the odds. But do you see a maybe a regression? No, nah, you know what? I'll save this for the odds talk. We're gonna talk Trayvon Diggs and his interceptions when we get to, to odds talk. Let's go to the schedule for the Dallas Cowboys and uh AJ, what do you think is the defining part of the Cowboys schedule?
0: Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the first six weeks. I think that's a very important time for them. In that span, uh, not only do they play basically their entire division, they also play the three of the last four uh, Super Bowl uh, participants. Some very tough names, some very tough teams. Uh, so if you are to talk about all the questions that are going up against this Dallas Cowboys team and everybody being down on them, I think you have to come out fast and prove the doubters wrong right away it buys you a little bit of extra time to think we saw what they can do when they were going up against the likes of tom brady when they were going up against that offense that joe burrow and all those receivers have out there what they did against last year's super bowl champs and the la rams they came out with answers so if they start to slide a little bit in the middle of the season as a football team does in a long nfl season we can have people have that faith that they'll get it back together in time to make that playoff run. So I think they have to come out of the gates really strong and have a very, very decent first six weeks.
2: Oh, AJ. Oh, AJ. I, I, I mean, it's not, I'm not like arguing. I, I just completely <laughs> disagree with, with that thought process. I, we start, uh-huh. wait, I shouldn't say we. The Dallas Cowboys are a team that when usually on their good years, Eight and one, seven and two, and then down the stretch is when we start to question. They're not playing their best football when they go into the playoffs. Ultimately, results in playoff losses. Um, I don't think the first half of the season matters at all, and they have their toughest games then. I have them, I think, going three and three um, to start their first six weeks. So what? Might be right there, like in the NFC East, what they always talk about. Um, to me, it's the last seven games. I'm sorry, last eight games. You look at the last eight games of the year, and they're all winnable football games. They're all games that, if you were to probably look, they probably are favored in most of them. And again, you get the Colts at home, the Giants at home, Texans at home. Go to Jacksonville. We know they're not. Jacksonville's not going to be favored. Billy at home. The only game you might be the underdog, really, in that in that situation, is at Tennessee, just because. And by then, we all expect Tennessee not to be very good. The Cowboys should be going into the playoffs next year with seven or eight wins down the stretch, and they should be playing their best football entering the playoffs, not stumbling into the playoffs and then everybody's picking the 49ers to upset them because of the way they've been playing. We're going to do that
0: anyway. <laughs>
2: but they won't if they're playing hot because every year, what's the narrative? Cowboys are 7-1, and one. one of the best teams in football. They lose four or five going down the stretch. Oh, that team's going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Because their offense isn't what it was early in the season. This is about building. I am, I'll i tell you, getting the, the analyst side out of it. As a Cowboy fan, I am sick and tired of starting seven and one, six and two, and being like, yeah, we're one of the best teams in football. Two and four, I don't care. Start there. And then at the end of the season, win five, six, seven games in a row and show me that you're building at the right time, which is going into the playoffs. If they falter down the stretch again, and maybe they did build themselves up to a nice record to get into the playoffs, they'll be out in the first round again. Because we've seen it year after year. The hot teams going into the playoffs, stay hot. Saw it with the 49ers last year. Saw it with the Rams last year. See it with the Chiefs every year. Chiefs last year, to be honest, they got hot in the second half of the season, and they ran through the playoffs. Cincinnati ran all the way to the Super Bowl. You don't start hot, get cold, and then all of a sudden back to the playoffs and you're like, okay, now we can get hot again. It doesn't happen. I'm not saying it's never happened, but look at the teams right. that have done. It. I mean, I, uh,
0: I do find it interesting, though, like, because so where you went and where I went, that middle part of where I was thinking that they're, you know, will start to falter is about on par because as I was saying, they pick it back up when they get back to the end of season. I think about like last year when they were losing games to the Denver Broncos and losing by a field goal to the Raiders and that little pocket where things just get really tough and then they get it together.
2: But it wasn't, it wasn't win. It was I, don't, right. I guess I don't mean it really equating to win. Because last year they won games late in the season. Right. But they weren't playing.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. They, they, everybody was talking about the uh, number one offense through the first like eight weeks. And then down the stretch, it was like, this offense doesn't look good. The defense is carrying them. They don't look like they're ready. They're not really that great of a team. They, they need to work on certain things. And there were questions about them going into the playoffs. My thought process is the most important thing is when you're going into the playoffs, they should be looked at as a team like who's going to stop this who's going to stop this?
0: but so and and I know this is dangerous cuz it's the preseason and we don't really know a lot of what these teams are but based on what you had just said and what a lot of us probably believe about that last stretch of the schedule like you said they're all very winnable games you look at those teams and most of the time, yeah, they should be winning that game. So what does that say? If you're already taking a team that you expect to win and should win when they're coming in, sure, they're playing decent, but if they're not playing decent against top-tier competition and the people they're going to be in the playoffs against, is it not just a little false sense of hope that you got these little Ws and you're looking okay, but it's against the Dylan's favorite five? And I just don't think, 12, it, I just don't uh, Minnesota think it matters, Vikings matters and,
2: too. Like like I said, the Niners, we I could look that. at a team, like a team like the Niners last year who struggled against good football teams early in the season, got some winnable games, and they're beating certain teams. And then down the stretch, like it was like they beat everybody. They just couldn't – you know what I mean? Like when you get hot, yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. who you play. That's why I say we can go beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, but if we're beating them 24-21 and Dak Prescott throws for two hundred two and two touchdowns, two picks, and we squeak by, but we got the win, I'm sorry, I'm not going into the playoffs like – we're 12 and five, we're going to win. Like it's to me, I want to, they should be blowing those teams out. They should be dominating those teams where we're looking at them. Like we do usually in the early parts and saying that is the best team in football. That's the narrative. The Cowboys have to have. Cowboys cannot go into the playoffs with question because we've seen it before. They're not a team that can just flip the switch. They are the team that they have to get rolling. And when they're rolling, they're really good. And we've, we've seen it can't just flip the switch I worry about that um we I just I just know what the NFL's about it's too long of a season mm-hmm. Cincinnati 10 and seven but they were winning when it mattered Kansas City was late in the season winning yep. when it mattered 49ers winning when it mattered all deep playoff runs we can go back to every Super Bowl team that's been they usually get hot late in the season I'm saying they don't lose any games but it's usually five and one six and six and0 oh, late in the season they're not going one and three to end the stretch or, or even two and two looking there. Eh, we're not really sure about the team, and then turning it on. I just don't see that very often in the NFL. And I don't think that can happen to the Dallas Cowboys if they want a chance.
1: And if it does, or if it doesn't look like that, who's under the most pressure for the Cowboys? Oh, it's, easy. it's, it's Mike McCarthy. Is it? There's nobody on the Dallas Cowboys as a, as a,
2: as a player that's really under that much pressure. Uh, part of the reason is why is you can't you can look at Dak Prescott and say oh man we paid you 40 million yeah but he ain't going nowhere and you're probably gonna have to give him another contract like because what quarterback are you going to replace him um uh, you can talk about Zeke but after this year Zeke's really not guaranteed any more of that money that people talk about and he's been pretty consistent you can always move on from that CeeDee Lamb's too young to really put pressure on him Micah Parsons and those guys are really young to put pressure on him it's it's right to Mike McCarthy Right to Mike McCarthy. He's the
0: only person. Hey, at Jason that. Garrett. <laughs> he ain't getting. He ain't getting year after year after year of mediocrity. If he's not delivering, yeah. they're gonna let him go and find the next Champagne guy. Watch.
2: Maybe maybe there's one guy that's a sneaky name, and that's he's not gonna be. It's Kellen Moore. Like I, I that was Kellen Moore. Really, Kellen Moore I, had, has had that offense really good in the early parts of the season, and then faltered a little bit. Like that guy that's supposed to be maybe a next head coaching candidate. If that offense butters that pressure could then create where he doesn't get job opportunities and things like that. But ultimately the guy that's going to pay the price for that is going to be Mike McCarthy. In
1: yeah. I, I had three people listed in my head for the guys who could be possible answers for under the most pressure was Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore, just because of the way that offense ends up looking if it does falter at all. Um, all right, let's go into odds and then we're going to get into record predictions for the Dallas Cowboys here. And then we're going to get into our preseason ranking for them as well. These are the odds, the prop bets that I've listed for you, gentlemen. And if you guys are new to the show, if you didn't catch our uh, episode uh, on Tuesday morning, uh, we are doing our locked and loaded Stack City bets where – Our fine gentlemen here, AJ and Aaron, are going to give us their locked and loaded bets that you can take to the bank. You can cash these bets in at the end of the season and win you some money. Uh, Cowboys over under 10.5 wins. Ezekiel Elliott over 8.5 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. And uh, Trayvon Diggs over 4.5 interceptions. Aaron, start with you, the Cowboys insider. Which bet Are you locking in from this list?
2: Um, I think the easiest bet is taking the the minus 110 and taking the Cowboys over 10 wins. I think they can get to 11 and 6 with that schedule, especially the schedule down the stretch. I think they're a good enough football team to do that, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to take the Ezekiel Elliott over eight and a half touchdowns. I think, I, I, I mean, people are down on Zeke, but every year he's producing. every year he's putting up touchdowns. I believe there's only been one season where he hasn't put up at least nine touchdowns total. So that didn't say rushing touchdowns, it said touchdowns. So I'm assuming it's total touchdowns.
1: I said, I did say rushing touchdowns uh, though. I just couldn't fit it in there on the graphic.
2: Okay. So if it's rushing touchdowns, that makes it a little bit different, but you know what? I, I'll still take the over there. Um, I'll take the over. I think he gets the goal line work, especially with that without guys, like Amari Cooper, maybe Michael Gallup early in the season. I do think Zeke's going to have a bounce back here. Where he doesn't it, look like he looked, I guess, last year to some people. I, I think he he's still put up over a thousand yards, but I think it'll look a little bit better than what it looked like last year to most people. I
1: I think it's funny, not only that AJ's frozen, I did come up with this to make this happen uh, <laughs> for, for wow. the time being until he gets back. Uh, but I did notice wow. though that one of the bets, and this might this might be an even more of a lock for Ezekiel Elliott this season, uh, his over under on yards this season. I think. Let me find it. Where what total rushing yards this season? Over under 874 yards. I'd bet a million. Yeah, I, that that's a bet right now. Like that is a bet for. I would. I would bet. I,
2: I mean, like, I'll be honest. If I was rich right now, I would go throw millions of dollars on that. It's, and it's, I get it, it. Injury could happen. And I yeah, I could be screwed out of my money. I know I'm being a little fussy when I say this, but right now I would go lay my money on over 870 yards for Ezekiel in a 17 when the but, band has yeah. not missed. But two, three games in his entire career outside of the suspension. Uh I just I don't understand it. And he's 26 years old. I know he has a lot of mileage, uh, but he played all of last year with torn knees up and and he's healthy slimmer now
1: i I don't get it again i don't get well i i I, like i like i said i when i'm listing these these uh these prop bets i'm like okay i want to i want to do hard ones i want to make it like so that you do have to think about which one and i saw that bet and i'm thinking to myself okay the let's let me go back to so Fanduel has over under 850 and a half yards at minus 112 He's never ran for less than like 970. And, and those then, are in, and in years he's he's missed time. Th- there's there's three major sports betting groups that have that have it all listed at 875 and a half, 874 and a half, 850 and a half. None of those oh. bets, none of those odds uh, ha- include yardage anywhere close to 900 yards. So it's just it's I I didn't know, and that's rushing yards. That's just rushing yards. Give me the overs on all of them. Make some the money. AJ, Great what odds are you, what, what odds are you going uh, with?
0: I was gonna tell you, I I thought you picked some really good ones there because at first I was like, oh, that one, oh that I, I had to second guess each of them. Uh but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh Trayvon Diggs over four point five interceptions. Uh Ooh. he's just too good of a ball hawk. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, we're talking six weeks in a row that he had an interception last year. And unless these guys just decide not to throw his way, which is possible, but I don't think so because he also gave up a lot of big plays, which means he's going to get tried a little bit. Uh, so I think give me 17 weeks, I think this man can get five interceptions. Uh, I'm going to go with Trayvon Diggs. I think that's actually a pretty easy
1: lock in my opinion. I wish Dylan was here for the sound effect because you just literally went, whoop, tossed it up there and just... Knocked Mm. it out of the park right there for where I was going to go with this Trayvon Diggs talk because I saw four and a half interceptions for his over under. And I was like, okay, which are we going to see this year? Are we going to see Trayvon Diggs become more? But I I don't think he can become like that big of a shutdown quarterback where he's not going to get thrown to. But maybe quarterbacks are a little bit more cautious with him. and He doesn't get that many interceptions this year. But four and a half may be a low bar for someone who had so many interceptions last year. Aaron? I will never bet on interceptions. Ever.
2: Okay. The over-under <laughs> over, on, over, on, on interceptions is just not something that I would ever say is a lock. Greatest corners, the best ball hawks, they have seasons where they have one pick. Um, they have seasons where they have 11, like Trayvon Diggs said last year. I, I, I fully believe and he that he's capable of going four and a half, but when you ask me what's a lock, I, I don't know. Maybe they tell him they don't want him to be as aggressive. So um I, I i i just i worry I, I do worry that four and a half might be a little too much uh i don't know what that was about but yeah I, again I, you can say but i just don't i'm not betting on interception interceptions are too hard to come by there's many great corners in the league that don't get four interceptions look at the top interceptions numbers and there's many
0: good corners that don't get sir, interceptions that's fair I, I, I understand your thought process I'm good.
1: <laughs>
0: the, you know,
1: Aaron, you did bring up, and that's our prop bets here. You did bring up that you could go with the over under 10 and a half wins. And AJ, you might've been able to go with that as well. Uh, I looked back at everyone's record predictions from our old, from our uh, show during the off season of what the Cowboys are going to get. Let's see if you guys can match that. You guys did both pick over 10 and a half wins though. So that bet could be a lock as well. Aaron record predictions for your Cowboys.
2: Yeah. 12 and five. I said it before. I'll say it again. Um, I'm pretty locked in on that 12 and five number. I got them losing games that are tough on the road at Philly on the road to the Rams, Tampa Bay um, stuff like that on the road at green Bay. But outside of that, when you look at their schedule, they have some favorable home games and then some of their road games are winnable games. The one toss up game. I have them winning that is a possible loss. Really for me is that Minnesota game. Uh, They Minnesota always plays them tough. It's on the road new offensive coordinator. They got a bunch of talent on that team. They could be a good sneaky team this year. Um, I mentioned that as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I just think, I just think it's a 12 and five, 11 and six.
1: Worst case scenario type season. Worst case scenario is 11 and six. Yeah. Boring injury. Okay. Okay. Boring. AJ.
0: So I have him at Aaron's worst case scenario and uh, I'm going with 11 and six. Uh, I think uh, Philly will get them. I think they'll falter a little bit in the beginning of the season. I think Cincinnati comes out hot. Um, the Rams, I think, will be a tough one for them. And uh, I think Indy down the stretch is another game that uh, they may they may lose going up against a Matt Ryan led team that has a little bit more structure and a quarterback that doesn't just you know give it away to the NFC East anytime he has the ball. So uh, I went with eleven and six and. Uh,
1: I feel like they're around that area. Yeah, that's so. Both you guys have kept consistent uh, with your your off season predictions. I will also go with that. I'll stick with what I had at twelve and five for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, similar to what you guys said, it's it's one of those things that their schedule. They do have their tough games, but they also have their their cakewalk games, and I think that they take advantage of those type of, of matchups. And I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to pr- prime themselves up for another. Good possible, uh, hopefully a good possible playoff. Where I think they get past one game this season. I, I the playoffs. I think they end up getting past the first round or a second round, whether it's wild card, divisional, whichever one. I think they end up getting past okay. that. So that's that's what. And you know what I'm, I'm noticing here as we wrap this up? Don't bet on your Cowboys on all of the prop bets on your whatever because the over under for the Cowboys right now ten and a half wins. That's it. all of us have them worst case scenario, 11 and six, like barring injuries, of course, but like, right. That's a lock. The, all the Ezekiel Elliott bets right now seem like just locks. Keep it, keep, like keep that energy. I just want everybody
2: to keep that energy I, because I know what happens. They'll go six and one. Everybody, oh, best team in the league. Ah, the best team in the league. Ah, And then they'll falter down the stretch and we'll have the same day job. So just keep the same energy. People, the people that are downplaying them now, don't get on the train when they're six and one or whatever it is, when they beat the Rams or, beat the Bengals. I don't wanna see, oh yeah, this is one of the best teams in football because they do it every year and it's so annoying. Like you have a preseason pick, stay with it. If you think they're gonna falter and not be good, then stay with that until they can't until they prove you otherwise throughout the entire season. Keep that same in
1: Hey, hey, you make an Aaron from Austin very happy with your uh with your hype for the Cowboys this season. So let's uh let's finish this off. Let's move on to the uh Can we go Austin from Austin. Yeah, no, I, I was like, I was like, man, Aaron's a Cowboy fan. What city could I tie into that? And Aaron from Austin was the first one that popped up. I digress. Let's end, let's uh, let's finish it off with the second team on our preview. It's the Tampa. Nope, nope, you did it again. Did it again. Where are they power ranked? The Dallas
2: Cowboys. We have them ranked on Sack City as the number eight team as we enter our preseason power rankings. Uh, number eight's pretty high. We seem to be a little bit different than the consensus out there. I've seen power rankings as low as fifteen which I'm not mad at. I know there's a lot of question marks, but I think playing in the
1: NFC helps. stack City, we put them in around Consensus. Thank you. Thank you. Good looking out. Hopefully I don't forget that with our next team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are our last team of the evening to preview. And uh, this team on offense, we talked earlier on in the show about the injuries that they're battling. Chris Godwin obviously hurt. Russell Gage hurt in practice. Their center, Ryan Jensen, gone. Battling a lot. There's a lot, but with all of it being said, Chris Godwin has to be one of the biggest players on this offense. That's go. That's battling and dealing with an injury. Aaron, I'm, I'm going to give you two questions and I'm not going to give them to you as a double barrel. I'm going to go one by one here, two questions, offense. What is Chris Godwin's status right now? What is it looking like? When's he coming back? What's the expectations for him? When, he, when we can see him uh, back on the field.
2: Uh, first off, the injury. I, I'm very encouraged by what we've seen. Already back in practice, and although he hasn't participated in full speed 11 on 11 reps, the main thing I look for when we're dealing with an ACL injury, cutting, right? It's, can a receiver get in and out of breaks? And he's been doing a lot of that at full speed, which is good. That's the first thing I'm looking for: is can he get in and out of breaks? He's been running routes. He's been working in individual drills, and that's big for overcoming that mindset of can I still do the things that I used. Do. And I watched some video of him. He looked good doing it. Did it look like maybe he's at 100%? No, but I don't need him to be at 100% week one of preseason. So that was encouraging. Um, that's the biggest thing I was looking for. And I think so far in camp, he's trending in the right direction. Not a guy that you have to rush back into preseason because he needs reps. He just needs to feel 100% confident that his knee is not going to give out what he wants to. A lot of times, ACL about here. It's about getting over that mental hurdle. And I think getting out there and running routes and cutting, I think that's the first step in getting over that.
1: With him coming back early on in the season, what does the wide receiver group as a whole look like with Godwin there back, coming back from injury, Evans there being the consistent Mike Evans that he always is, Russell Gage, Julio Jones now there. What does the receiver position look like for
2: it's an embarrassment of
1: riches, oh,
2: yeah. especially for a guy like Tom Brady, who's 45 years old, who came from a New England system that had guys that you couldn't even name, Nikhil Harry, and you know, all these guys, who's the guy again, I keep Jacoby Myers, he doesn't score touchdowns, and all these guys, and now you get to go to a room where, oh, Godwin's hurt, but I got Mike Evans. Oh, uh, Russell Gage goes down. Oh, well, I get a, a veteran like Julio Jones, and even though I've talked about him being old, like just to have that guy in your locker room as a presence in the wide receiver room, is something special it's an embarrassment of riches and then you have tom brady so i'm sorry i'm not crying any tears for the tampa bay wide receiver room about them falling down and getting injuries um this team is going to be okay okay they got brashad perriman who came in and made plays with tom brady tyler johnson scotty Miller. all these guys were on the field with tom brady at points of time the last two seasons winning super bowl so their, their receiver was one of the deepest ones in the NFL. They will be fine. Tom Brady's going to find a way to make it work. I have zero, zero, zero concerns about anything that's going on in that wide receiver.
1: You hear that, AJ? They have Scotty Miller. They have Scottie. Scotty hey. Miller. Good old Scotty Miller. We do need a guy to bring some water. <laughs> I mean, he's a pass catcher, he's a
2: pass catcher, unlike Brandon Bold.
1: Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Who also, also, by the way, played with Tom (laughs) Brady. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. AJ, what's the biggest question mark on this defense?
0: It might feel like it's a cop out. It might feel like it's an easy answer. And it's the opposite of what Aaron was just talking about in the receiver room. And it's something I do have concern with for this defense. The only question mark I really have is can they stay healthy? This was the downfall of the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. Was everybody was getting injured? They lost cornerback after cornerback after safety after cornerback, and you look at these guys now and they're healthy. I mean, you want to point to that offensive line? Why Vita 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 himself is knocking people left and right. You want to talk to the linebackers and the pass rushers? Aaron's guy Joe Tryon is turning it up, and everybody has nothing but great things to say about him. We know what Levante David's about. We know what Shaq Barrett is about. We know what JPP is about. The only thing that this defense makes that I have to worry about, or is a question mark is can they stay healthy? We've already seen the issues on the offensive side of the ball and people going down. We already seen conditioning problems. Three guys now carted off because of cramps. Uh, they, they just, they just need to be able to stay healthy. They need to make sure these training regimens for this Bucks team is everything as perfect as it can be, because if, these offensive linemen keep going away. Tom Brady needs to be riding off into the sunset at the end of the year because he might die <laughs> if he has no one to protect him. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> other than that, there's no questions about the talent. Uh, you know, I have all the faith in the world what Todd Bowles still wants to do with this defense, and uh, they're going to be good on paper. They just need to be able to be great on the field because the best ability is availability. They're
2: their starting lineup on the defense to be
0: honest it's stupid if you just bro. look at their
2: starters <laughs> and you're yeah. you're looking at the best defense in football like uh, that's not a that's not a hot take we people forget they brought in a Keen Hicks and I know he's a little bit older now but one of the best defensive linemen in football
1: yeah um
2: and you go alongside of advance so uh their defense is really really top heavy and then it yeah. falls Adams. off Jeez. dramatically the backups are not good um and AJ you mentioned maybe JP, maybe JP not on the team. Uh, yeah
0: um, I was scared I, to change any uh, any of my tabs because I don't want to freeze out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to your point, they have a ton of yeah. a ton of
2: talent in their starting lineup. The problem is when they start to they start to go down. Uh, there's not a lot of depth. A lot of young guys with no.
1: Don't play any yeah. of the starters in preseason is what we're getting at here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, don't play. any. No, honestly, I
2: disagree with that. I think they should play more. The part when, when you're cramping and you're getting these injuries. What do you think is going to happen week one when you go out there? If you haven't played, you're going to cramp and you're going to get these injuries. It's one of the biggest, like, I would go to this whole other day, like (laughs) misnomers about the NFL and people sitting out in preseason, like, why do you think injuries happen week one? You're not conditioned. You haven't taken hits. not used to the contact or physicality or being in a game, hydrated. Like, all these things play a factor within injury. So it's important, like AJ said, to get their bodies right and make sure that they are ready for that ruling game in tampa in september when it's 95 degrees but feels like 112 and it's Mm -hmm. humid and they're not ready for that because in practice they were cramping so the first game i think that's important
1: okay well what do i know what do i I know uh you know how to host uh, no that's that that is also inaccurate uh let's go over to the schedules now though for the tampa Bay buccaneers aaron where is the toughest stretch of games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Let me get my, let me get my handy dandy notebook out. Oh boy.
2: Um, the toughest stretch of games to me is the start of the season. I mean, look at the first four games at Dallas, at New Orleans, home to green Bay and at Can- or at home to Kansas city. Who wants to start the season that way? And I know Tampa is a good team. I think they'll get some wins there because they're a good team, but that's if we talked about gauging where you're at as the team. That's going to be a spot there. Um, and then there's a middle part that I think is going to be imperative. So the, the start is tough, but I think the middle part between Cleveland, New Orleans, San Francisco, and Cincinnati, I think that's going to play a big role where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finish in the NFC. The NFC is wide open, but the more I look at this Tampa schedule, the more I don't like it as much. I have Tampa, I have Tampa Bay's record winning a lot of games. They're going to lose some games. And um, they're going to lose some games because that schedule is not as easy as I once thought it may, you know, have looked. Uh, seeing what everybody's kind of done. So, um, but that four-game stretch in the middle, to end of, la- of next or this season um, will ultimately decide whether Tampa Bay is fighting for a bye or if they are just getting in um, and having to go on the road in an NFC Championship game. Or something.
1: Yeah, I, I was like. I could ask the question of what's like the defining part of the season, but I'm looking at it. and I'm like, man, there's so everywhere. many everywhere. It's like, but yeah, that's what so. I was gonna say. Like everywhere, there's a lot, but also like they have that stretch: Dallas, New Orleans, Green Bay, Kansas City. All right, there's there's one stretch. Then you got Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Carolina. That's stretch, then that's that's a stretch of good, easy games. Then you're back at it again for for two games against Baltimore and Los Angeles, and then you go Seattle in a bye. It's like it's like. It's broken up into like there are just multiple stretches of hard and then there's like little breaks in between of like, okay, we can have a cakewalk, but then we're right back at it again with a tough part of the schedule. They have six
2: games that I can look at and say, oh, they're going to win. And I mean, we cannot talk about division games. If, If I gave them both Atlanta and both Carolina games, like they have six games. Outside of that, every one of those games is losable. Every single one of those games, they, they can actually lose that game because those teams aren't just like not the Vikings or these middle tier like these are what we consider to be top notch competition, yeah. right? So um, they got a tougher schedule than I originally thought. It's going to be tough for them to, to get to as many wins as I have, them, but
1: they might find a way they got time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. ever heard of him his name is tom brady this guy over here 45 years old guy um aj what are you looking out for during the regular season though for this tampa Bay buccaneers obviously with a very tough grueling schedule what's what are you actually keeping your eyes on for the bucks uh
0: i'm looking at this uh running back room you know there's some uh early <laughs> questions that i think will be giving away uh or be put to rest with Leonard Fournette the way he showed up. And if he's going to get to where he needs to be, I imagine he's a consummate professional and he will. Uh, but you know, they also drafted, uh, uh, Rashard white and uh Keyshawn Vaughn has been a guy that they were very excited about. And part of the reason they left, let Ronald Jones go. We know they like to have these guys running the ball. They know they like to rotate. So I'm kind of want to have to see if there's another person that steps up behind Leonard Fournette, or if they just run him into the ground again, uh, with carries and reps, uh, but, you know, there's there's a future to be had as well. So, uh, I'm kind of looking to see what this running game does. We already know they've got receivers all over the world, and Tom Brady may go score start again for the second year in a row. But uh, that's the interesting part for me. We already talked a little bit about the defense for me. So, uh, we'll stick with the run game on this one.
1: Oh, playoff, Letty. Oh, Letty.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm like, not watching cool
1: anything. I'm
2: not watching anything with the Bucs. I don't care. <laughs> be honest. I know we just talked about the schedule. I don't care. Because at the end of the season, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're that good of a team, barring a Tom Brady injury, they're going to be in the playoffs. And every playoff game you're going to look at, no matter who they match up with, you're going to say, "Yeah, Tampa Bay could win." So I'm only, I only care when we get to December, the end of December, and we're seeing where they're seated, and we're saying, are they going to have to go on the road? Are they going to be able to play at home? Who are they matched up against? The playoffs is, are they going to win or not? Like the regular season, this is one of those NBA teams. I'll be honest, that I'm just looking at, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch them. Make sure they stay somewhat healthy. Don't lose any key pieces like Tom Brady or Tom Brady or Tom Brady. Because <laughs> if they have him, they'll be there. Ooh. They're going to be in the Ooh. playoffs. Like, it's not, there's there's zero doubt that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be in the playoffs. Who? So, Tom Brady. Who? The, the GOAT. Wayne Gabbard. The GOAT. Bro, so hey. I don't care. So, I don't care. I, I don't – I they could go two and four to start the season, and I'm going to go, oh, doesn't matter. It'll be the same mindset that I had last year. With Kansas City, uh, I'll be on. If they could start slow, they could lose the first four games in that brutal stretch. And I will tell everybody, chill out. They'll be fine. They'll okay, get through and they'll be. Fine. And the NFC, so is, is to me, is not very is strong. Like, it. It. like the, the NFC is weaker conference. Not very. It's not as strong. Um, I know there's some teams that are kind of up in the air, but the the heavier competition to me is in the AFC. I think done done. Nothing to watch.
1: N- nothing to watch. Yeah, nothing, nothing to watch for. Nothing to watch for. Uh, let's go into the odds now for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The prop bets for Tampa look like this: that I've listed over eleven and a half wins at plus one hundred. Tom Brady's stat here. I know it's like a lot of numbers right there, but I thought it was an interesting uh, bet there for Brady and his yards this season. is four thousand five hundred and forty nine and a half yards over. For Tom Brady at minus 115, and then over 10 and a half Mike Evans touchdowns at minus 115. Interesting. I feel like these are a little different than the Cowboys ones that we had before. It's a little more harder to lock in. Uh, AJ, I'll start with you here. Which one is your lock this season? Thought
0: you would start with me. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, we talk about all those weapons in the wide receiver room. Uh, and we just talked about that schedule. So that 11 and a five is looking kind of scary. Um, you know, you never know. I, I'm going to lock in the GOAT, Tom Brady, over 4,500 yards, 45, 49.5. Um, can we see back to back 5,000 yard seasons from the GOAT? Well, if these guys stay healthy and Ryan Hainsley don't get cramps and he can actually snap the ball to Tom Brady? Sure. by the <laughs> hell not? All the people in the world throw the ball to. So. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Tom Brady over 4549.5. Ooh. Ooh. I
2: love I love that pick uh, because I think that plays into the schedule talk. I think there's some good teams they're going to have to score with. Throw the ball a lot because he's Tom Brady. I do think that is a lock, but I also I will take the other lock that I think here. That's over 10.5 uh, touchdowns for Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans <laughs> might be the most underappreciated wide receiver the nfl has ever seen and i'm not joking when i say this i was that guy i was the guy that said mike evans wasn't going to be that good when he came out of texas and with johnny Mansell and all that i was the guy that said mike evans can only go make big plays down the field and yes from a fantasy perspective inconsistent at times because he has games where it's two catches for 13 yards but let me say this again Mike Evans might be the most underappreciated wide receiver in NFL history, not just in the NFL right now, in the NFL history. We look at guys like Devontae Adams and we look at, oh, he's the best receiver in the NFL. Go compare the stats of Mike Evans to Devontae Adams. Tell you what, Mike Mike Evans are better. But we would never label Mike Evans as the best receiver in football. Maybe because it's not the eye test, maybe because – He doesn't do it with the pizzazz, but he's done it with guys like Jameis Winston and some other cornerbacks that we don't look at like an Aaron Rodgers. And now he has Tom Brady, who again is the GOAT throwing to him. Mike Evans might be the most underappreciated wide receiver in the NFL. 9,000 career receiving yards in in his first eight years. Never less than 1,000 yards receiving. Four times double-digit touchdowns. This dude is... He's an automatic thing. Automatic thing. Ten touchdowns for Mike Evans,
1: three years straight. Look. Y'all know how I feel about Mike Evans, so I guess I'm not gonna go that route. But Mike Evans is that dude. Okay. That's that's I I, said, that's, I mean, I'm I said it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I but but long ago, and I, I digress. No, 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 because you <laughs> want to bring him up to Tyreek <laughs>
2: Hill. He I still would take Tyree Hill over Mike Evans. <laughs> this is the Devontae Adams argument. I'm not saying that I would take Mike Evans over Devontae Adams. I would take Devontae Adams over Mike Evans. But at what point, and I don't even want to run the risk of sounding like somebody on TikTok, but I did see something on TikTok where a guy came out and said, at what point does production come into the conversation about, like, when does production beat skill set and talent? You know what I mean? And Mike Evans may yeah. not be the most talented route runner, or may not be the what Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill is from an electric standpoint. But at what point do we count production? And I think we're at that point with Mike Evans, where the dude just comes in year after year after year and does the same thing. And it's not always pretty. It's not all... I, I don't want to compare him, but it's like Zeke. I, I was, It's like when you look at the end of the season, the numbers are there. And you're like, man, Mike Evans didn't
0: even didn't yeah.
2: remember it being that good. But he's there every single year. He's consistent. And there's something to be said about that. He's very underappreciated.
1: Yeah. Hey, I was, I was, I was at that point two years ago with Mike Evans, where it's not just about the talent. It's about the consistency. It's, it's, he's truly special. It's not It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's special. It is truly Cooper the best receiver after one
2: season. Yeah. And Mike Evans has done it for nine straight or eight straight years. And he can't even be cracking the top
1: five. Like it's bizarre. I take, and this might get me shot this might this might get me shot by Leslie from Los Angeles is and I take Mike Evans <laughs> I take Mike Evans over Cooper Cup. Sorry. Sorry. That's sorry. That's
0: what are you sorry about? Sorry. Listen to me sorry about there,
1: I I can't say that
2: I disagree
1: with you. Like I, I get it. Like, Cooper Cup great great route runner great great slot guy great. He's he's great. He's fantastic. Bro, but Mike yeah, Evans just up. does it.
2: Cooper Cup has 5,000 career yards. Played five seasons. Mike Evans has 9,000, played eight. Seasons. Cooper Cup's older than Mike Evans. You're damn right I would take Mike Evans over Cooper. Mm-hmm. Cupp. Cooper Cup mm-hmm. almost 30. He got 5,000 career receiving yards, and we will label him the best receiver in football. And Mike Evans has done up. it for eight seasons, younger than him, consistent, 10 touchdowns every year, and yet can't crack. It. So, look,
0: so, so Mad Dog called Cooper Cup a Hall of Famer the other day. Uh. Goodness gracious, that's not
1: good. <laughs> not good at all. Uh, it, let's, okay, we can wrap. Let's get into the predictions here. Let's get into <laughs> our predictions and where they rank. Uh, what are you guys going with for the Bucks' end of season record? AJ. Mm.
0: I am also going 11 and 6 here. Uh, that, that schedule, I, 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 I wanted to go higher. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, the Tom Brady of things. But man, look—it's—it's it's, to me, it's kind of like that whole—the young bucks come in in the NBA and see LeBron. They ain't scared of LeBron. These guys nowadays, like, they respect Tom Brady, but they ain't scared of Tom Brady and what he can do. They got here to play football, one way or another. And there's some dogs on that schedule. There's some teams on that schedule. And uh, I'm gonna go with eleven and six just because. I mean, they are playing some talented, talented yeah. teams. And, and not the main You have Atlanta. Hey man, they did it the last year <laughs> so, Goodness gracious. Well, they,
1: they, they played goodness great last. Year. I say they didn't it the <laughs> last year, but I knew they Yeah, it. I retracted. I retracted. <laughs> so, you got Aaron, can you can you hold it up? Can you hold it up? Hold it Yep. So the the paperwork that's in your hand. Yeah. This is the sheet that I made for you guys when I did my season prediction
2: schedules on TikTok and stuff. And,
1: I I don't think. And you had 13 and 4. AJ yeah. also had thirteen and four, and this is not to say yeah. it's backtracking or whatever, but it just it just goes to show how different that the, this Bucks schedule and how their record could look with all of these tough games well, that after free agency and the draft and all that. And, and this was and, I, and I, I, this was before going down. People retiring. Yeah, so yeah. it's like this is. I mean, it's tough. It, it is tough. So, Aaron, are you? Going back on, so you said thirteen and a four during the off season. Where are you at now? Yeah, it looks it, it looks a lot it looks
2: a lot harder now to go thirteen and four, but I'm sticking with it. Um, but I look at some of these games that I think they can win. A lot of the games, like I told you, I'm big on home and road. I think teams that are really good usually win at home. The Kansas City games at home, Baltimore games at home, uh, Cincinnati games at home. I think those games can be games that they win. So I do have them losing four games to the Saints the second week of the season at New Orleans, Green Bay. The Rams, and then at Cleveland with Deshaun
1: Watson. I think that's going to be a tough game for them. Uh,
2: I have them going thirteen and four, and I will stick with them.
1: Okay, all right. I I originally had them at twelve and five. I'm going to stay with that twelve and five record. Uh, Not so bad of a of eleven. Not say eleven and six is bad, but not going back to eleven and six, and not definitely not bumping up to thirteen and four. I'll lock in uh, twelve and five for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Aaron, where do they rank? On our preseason power rankings,
2: yeah, a lot of this has to do with playing in the NFC. We, we mentioned the schedule could be tough, so they might be a little bit ranked higher than we we really thought maybe they should be. Um, they're number three, they're number three. So number three on our power rankings list, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I've seen them as low as like six, seven, um, but I've also seen them as high as three and four. So uh,
1: we locked them in at number three. Cowboys at number eight, and those are our two teams for today. And the preseason rankings are shaping. Out shaping up for the Sack City podcast. Bucks at three, Cowboys now at eight. It's filling out. I'm excited to get into the rest of this tomorrow. We're going to have two more teams on our preview. It's the Raiders and the Chargers, two AFC West rivals, being talked about in our season preview episode tomorrow. Live at 10 a.m. Eastern, right here at the Sack City Podcast. That does it though for another episode. For my best friend Aaron Mukes and for your boy AJ Johnson. I am me. We will see you tomorrow. He's out. How?
0: How was that for some top tier NFL content? If you enjoyed that episode, go ahead and hit that follow button before you go. And don't forget to check us out on your favorite social media platform at Sac City Pod. Welcome to the city.